0: Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh oh, I think it's broke. Ooh, that thing there is all smoked up. We we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver, we can find out.
1: I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right.
2: I right. Don't do that, folks. Tune into the grease gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt! Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. And so if your car has been in a wreck,
3: There's many different types of cycle racing, but the most common in the ranks of the professionals, the men who race for money, is the half-mile dirt oval tracks. It's the most common and often the most exciting because it is a balanced test of man and his machine. The combination has to have both rider ability and horsepower to be a winner. It's also the type of racing that most of today's top pro riders cut their racing teeth on. Aldena and his B.S.A. have been a great combination in recent years. He was the number one junior rider in the nation in 1969, winning seven major junior events. The following year, his rookie year as an expert, he was tagged super rookie, winning three national championship events. In both 70 and 71, he ranked in the top five in the national standings and is a wide-open, crowd-pleasing type rider who was a born cycle racer. Aldena, another product of Ascot Park in California, has perhaps walked away from more 100-mile-an-hour-plus crashes than any other rider in competition and has yet to even suffer a minor fracture. In every section of the country, there are many top riders who are not as well known as some of the national circuit riders. And one of the most prominent is number 61, Jimmy Manis, a Harley Davidson rider out of Augusta, Georgia. Manis has been racing mainly in the southeast for most of his racing career. But shows up at a few of the national championships to try on the better-known national stars. Again, Maness, another of the riders trying the outside groove. You'll know, note the white handkerchief tied to the handlebar. This is to wipe off the face shield in case he does get involved in the dust or the flying granite at Louisville Downs. On the starting line, the 12 fastest experts from an original field of 82, and we're set to go. 16, sail, 30, raw, 14, Rayburn, 19, Mashburn, Number 12, the veteran, Larry Palmgren. Coming up early from second place and going on for the win, it was the 28th national championship ride, and it broke a long-standing tie with former cycle racer Joe Leonard, who had retired from cycle racing and turned to cars. The wins were harder and harder to come by for Bart, and he had scored only one national win in the past year and a half. But it was all together for him on this day, and the record ride ranks as one of the most impressive and decisive on the circuit for the entire year. Bart was to state later in the year that he would only race one more season and had his sights set on capturing the grand national title one more time. He was the number one rider in professional racing in 1962, 65, and 66. Bart Markle found the easy way around the racetrack to score win number 28. The crowd gave him a standing ovation at the finish line. Bart Markle, on a hot day in June at Columbus, Ohio, had met and defeated every top dirt track rider in professional racing and became the winningest rider of all time. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the wayback machine. We enter the way back and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. This is Arlen S. from Dublin, California, motorcycle builder and designer, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
2: Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, Golfstream Motorsports.com, where you can find out all about us, all the things we do, places we go, and people we meet. And don't forget to follow us on our social media, Facebook, which would be Nostalgic Radio and Cars and or GolfStream Motorsports, and our uh, Twitter account would be at NRC on Air. So, good evening, Vaughn. How you doing? Hey, Robin. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Yeah, you got a little more energy in here. You. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Thank you, thank you. How's that black Mopar doing out there?
4: <laughs> it's doing better this week. Yeah,
2: <laughs> still running. You know, did anybody ever tell you this? I'm sure they have. Hey, you got a radio voice. Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I'm, I have. I'm working on it, man. You're working on it. All right, good for you. Anyway, hey, as usual, we got a pretty good show for you tonight. We got some decent music, we got some dialogue, and we have a special guest because there is a special event taking place here Within the next two weeks. Now, next week is uh, May 15th would be our next show, and that would be 406, because today I think would be 405, because last week was 404, so we're doing pretty good. But next week, actually on 13th, the Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day to everybody, by the way, is our eight-year anniversary on the air here and. The uh, let's call us the cool studios of the Tan Talk Radio Network in downtown Clearwater. Yes, you know what? We got a pretty cool studio. We don't get a lot of guests that come in here because we're kind of like, eh, I don't want to say we're off the beaten path, but most everybody calls us is, uh, you know, from out west, up north, or someplace like that. But uh, on occasion, we do have some uh, local people that come in. Now, next week, mm-hmm. since our anniversary falls on Mother's Day, which is Sunday, and we don't air on Sunday. We will be doing a anniversary show on Tuesday evening, and I should have some guests coming because what I'm going to do is kind of like what I did a couple of years back. Just have some local car guys, I'll probably some people that you know, some people have been around. If you ever go to uh, Goobers and Lubers on uh, Thursdays or Barf Burger on Fridays, oh, excuse me, Quaker Steak and Lube and Fifth Burger. Okay, but hey, you know, car guys, you know, everything's slang. You know, it's like back in the old days, we used to hang out on Gulf of the Bay. We used to hang out at uh, Steak and Shake, but we didn't call it Steak and Shake. We called it Chew and Spew or Coke and Choke. You know, that's pretty much what it was. You know, we're going up Coke and Choke, and then we're going to go across the street to Pantry Pride, hang out there. The Ford guys would gather in one part of the tr- parking lot. The Chevy guys would hang out at the other parking lot side of the parking lot, and the Mopar guys, if there were any Mopar guys. Um, <laughs> would hang out at their end. And then, of course, we didn't have trouble with tuners back then because there wasn't any foreign stuff. And then, of course, we pretty much ran them out of there anyway. And um, although there were some pretty fast sports cars floating around. One car in particular, which really doesn't constitute as a sports car, but it was actually kind of a supercar if it's uh, day, there was a guy here in town, and we're not exactly sure who had it, but I think it was Murdoch Racing. And uh, Murdoch used to build really trick motorcycle parts and um, his big claim to fame was these really trick racing transmissions, so he kind of left the legacy. But he had a uh, black 7172 Pantera that he used to buzz around, and the license plate was XXXXXX. The windows were tinted, had some pretty serious wheels and tires on it. I think he had some 10-inch campies on the back, and he had 8s uh, on the front. The car sounded pretty radical. Now, a stock, docile Pantera— Kind of just goes, parar, you know, like a regular 351 Cleveland, 70, 71, or 71, 72, kind of, uh, well, 71 had high compression, 72, 73 were low compression engines. And, uh, but this thing just kind of had a real nasty, kind of a nasty rump to it. And once on a blue moon, he would show up and uh, it would just kind of thump through the parking lot. He would be over on one side, somebody would roll up in another car and or a truck or something like that, and they wanted to see if anybody wanted to race. So basically what he would do is he would have like a mediator, like a guy that was like his uh, broker, if you will, you know, and the window would go down maybe about an inch or two and you'd see some money exchange. So you knew they were setting up a race because back in those days we raced for money if you were serious, okay? So nobody ever really knew how fast the car was. All I can tell you is the guy was notorious for sandbagging. And if I had to guess, that car is probably a 10-second car. Now, that car had a ZF gearbox if it was original, okay, which ZF is the German gearbox, which they use in the racing cars. Now, he didn't have to power shift that thing because the car was so incredibly fast. All he had to do is just walk it through the gears and pretty much dust everybody off. So what he would do is he would go out there. He would set up a 14-second race, a 13-second race, a 12-second race. I think the fastest car he beat was a low 12-second car. And in each case, he would beat that car by half a car length, just enough to get in front of him. So the guy was a super driver, very methodical, very good. So a guy like that, you got to watch out for because he literally sandbagged everybody. But But what he would do is he wouldn't show up every week. He would show up maybe three, four, or five times a year. And he would go, and everybody thought the car was from Orlando because the rumor had the car came out of Orlando. What little did anybody realize was right down here on Jefferson Street in a little warehouse um, behind the hospital. So at least that's where I found it. I discovered the car. I do not know where that car went. have no idea. The car sat in a garage for a long time. Unfortunately, Murdoch passed away. And, uh, you know, he would never talk about the car. Even the people that worked for him that knew he was tweaking on it, you know. But one day I was in his shop. And I happened to see the car under a car cover, and the car cover wasn't down completely. And I just kind of walked over there, and I wasn't really, you know, uh, it was just kind of casual. And I recognized the silhouette immediately, kind of pulled up the back license plate, or pulled up the cover off the back license plate, and lo and behold, it was X, 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 X. And I thought, wow, there's that car. It's right here in our own town. And like I said, up until then, we all thought the car was from Orlando because that's the story that was given to us. And as the rumor had it, he would go around the state and pretty much clean up. And uh, so if you had a 11-second Pantera, which is pretty much what that car was, that was a pretty fast car. Now, there was Hall Pantera out of California, and Hall Pantera made a conversion kit where you could put a 427 FE motor in it. Well, you know, if you know anything about 427s, you know, you can punch those things out to over 600 horsepower very, very easily. And, you know, the trick is when you're driving, when you're racing—I probably should be looking at, uh, at Vaughn here because he's, like, really interested in this— When you're racing, okay, foreign cars, you don't power shift. You walk through the gears, but the transmissions are strong enough that will take the horsepower. They just won't take the hammering between gears because they're not set up for that. That's just not what they're designed to do. And it's more than – it's not the transmissions won't mesh, or the gears and the sinks and stuff. It's just the way the linkage is set up. You just don't do that. You know, if you watch – Road racing, you know, the, all the super killer cars back in the day, you know, and most of them ran ZF gearboxes because that was the gearbox of choice, or Hewland. Hewland was notorious, and they're, they're English, and I think there's a company in in, uh, in uh, Texas that builds them. So Hewlands and ZF gearboxes were the, were the gearboxes of choice back in the day by race car guys. Now, Porsche had its own gearbox, and my guess is Ferrari had their own, but... You know if you were building kind of like a um homologated car you know with a different motor a different chassis a different uh you know drive line, you know and that's kind of where you went with with zf gearboxes but at any rate so you could actually have you know six seven hundred horsepower and as long as you shifted you know smoothly then uh, between gears it's you know you don't have to power shift you do when you're drag racing but you know if you've got enough horsepower there you can kind of you know shift and then casually walk through the gears and then just you know walk the guy and uh so but anyway that Pantera was kind of a cool piece but uh where was I going with this oh I know I was talking about uh, Quaker Steak and Lube and, and uh Biff Burger and uh you yeah, know those are the two local spots where everybody kind of goes out and it's kind of like the Biff Burger crowd that's a Friday night crowd they hang out there not too many of those guys go to the fr- the Thursday night uh um Quaker Steak deal so any rate and let's see. What do we got? Let's go to a Florida Car Shows Minute here real quick. So if you want to know where all the car shows are in the state of Florida, definitely check out FloridaCarShows.com or FLACarshows.com, and then you can find out what all the stuff is because it's broken down. West Coast, yeah. East Coast, Southeast, Northeast, you know, and uh, Central Florida. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Orlando. Mostly local car shows. There's no major events coming up here. Now, in a couple weeks, we have a big event taking place in uh saint augustine but it's not cars it's motorcycles it's called the riding into history concourse d'elegance and this is the 18th year and there's some really truck motorcycles that will be there and of course if you paid attention to at the beginning of the show we did a little um play on that we played a little um clip from uh some Flat track racing back in the day, you know, and obviously there's flat track racers, there's dirt bike racers, there's road racers, and of course, you know, there's just cruisers, so mm-hmm. motorcycles are kind of cool, I ride bikes from time to time, I think a lot of fun, but not around Pinellas County, because I don't want to get squished, right, Vaughn? And, uh, but I was never a crazy guy on a bike. I just, you know, I watched everybody else get hurt and I said, you know what, that pain thing doesn't look too cool to me. It doesn't resonate very well. So I will just be a conservative, recreational rider. Yes, dirt bikes, yes, street bikes. And I've had dirt bikes and Harleys and all kinds of cool stuff. Anything from Sportsters to fat boys to cool dirt bikes and, you know, stuff in between, including mini bikes. So anyway, I think it's time to go to a, oh yeah, Writing in the History will be at the uh, World of Golf in St. Augustine and uh that's next weekend so we should be there and they got some pretty cool stuff and in fact there's uh the grand marshal uh is um and the uh guest of honor are both harley davidson 750 flat track racers so uh the theme this year is racing bikes so whether it's a street bike a road race bike a drag bike it's a racing bike so racing bikes encompasses a lot anyway hey Vaughn go ahead and uh, throw something on the uh, turn up the transistor radio for everybody a little bit and uh, we'll play some cool music in the meantime hey don't forget you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars don't touch that dial. we'll be right back
4: Hey, I'm
0: Dave Despain from Wind Tunnel on Speed. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay,
2: we're back. Wow, you know, I was just telling Vaughn, uh, watch the levels on that one because when when I did the um, the the uh, the uh, the uh, recording for Dave Despain, they used to have the PRI show, Performance Racing Industry Show, used to be held every. Uh, I'm going to say last weekend in this November first week in December at the. Uh, convention center in orlando and uh Dave Despain spain is a avid motorcycle guy a motorcycle journalist a motorcycle rider a motorcycle racer uh you know just a just all-around motorcycle guy but he also hosts his tv show it's called wind tunnel and he talks about racing and stuff like that and one of his frequent guests is robin williams and robin williams is kind of like a big time journalist as well and commentator and he's big into indie cars so for some reason, when we were there, I had the levels set up on my, on my recorder a little bit too high. And to this day, that's been, geez, that's been five, six years. I have yet to edit that down. And I always forget right just before we play that, that thing comes on really hard. So uh, hopefully nobody's eardrums blew out on that one. But anyway, so writing in the history, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Of course, we'll have uh, 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 one of the representatives from uh, um, the concourse on our show here in a few minutes. And uh, But motorcycles are a lot of fun, and when I was up in uh, Crystal River here about uh, – I tell you what, I'm going to save the writing and the history stuff for when our guest comes on, so I'll talk about something else. So it's funny because I did, what I did not realize is Citrus County, Hernando County, and Lake County – but mostly citrus county there's a lot of motorcycles registered up there there's a lot of motorcycle clubs up registered up that way and all those little side roads you'd be amazed you're sitting there because there's a lot of rivers the withlacoochis up there and the withlacoochi just kind of snakes around and there's all these little bridges well right on the other side of these do- do- these little bridges are these little do drop-ins or like these little hangouts well when you take these country roads you would be amazed at how many packs of people there are that ride you know i call them packs you know groups swarms whatever you want to call them uh squadrons all kinds of stuff but just packs of people that uh, ride motorcycles and uh, these are professionals and on weekends you know they just want to get out and ride a little bit and you can't really ride around here you know there's just too much traffic and people just aren't paying attention and there's a ton of suvs but out there it's a two-lane road it's nice you got a lot of trees you got a lot of nature it's just really cool and then they have these little places that you can just sit there kind of like by the waterside near the withalacoochee or someplace out in the country and uh just kind of enjoy the uh, afternoon and then ride your bike you know so you put your favorite person on the back with you and you ride around so whether you got a you know a big hardtail or a soft tail or a dresser or or just a sports or a sport bike or anything like that but you know, but but the harley thing is pretty huge and uh now they're building a new harley-davidson dealership in um there's an existing harley-davidson ship but they're building a big facility up there in crystal river right off us 19 crystal river yeah crystal river that's right crystal river and uh they're trying to. The word has it. It's going to be almost as big as Ross Myers over in Daytona. Not Ross is huge, and uh, it's just north of Daytona. It used to be started out as a little itty bitty little dinky Harley Davidson shop back in I, don't know, I guess in the fifties sixties, and uh, and I can't remember the name. It had a different name back then, and Ross is how it eventually evolved into that. But it was a little local dealership because I, back in the day I used to go over there, and we would stay overnight for the twenty four hour race. Um, you know, we'd go hit all the places, and 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 the old gentleman had that Harley Davidson dealership right down in downtown Harley and downtown Harley in downtown Daytona. It was kind of like hanging out there on weekends. So he knew that there's all these car guys there, and car guys, a lot of car guys have bikes, and vice versa. And uh, so he'd be open, and we'd go in, and we'd just kind of hang out and look some of the cool stuff. And he had a lot of vintage bikes and stuff. Then later they moved over a little bit closer to uh, Daytona Beach. I am mean, actually not Daytona Beach. It was Daytona, but it was kind of like just before you get to the bridge. And then that dealership got bought out, and then it became Ross Myers. So um, that's, uh, you know, Harley Davidson. That's, you know, the all-American motorcycle and been around since 1903. And, you know, it's, uh, it's there. It's the name. It's the brand. Hey, Vaughn, why don't you go ahead and— uh, fire up the turntable again let's get our guests on phone and uh since we're on a big motorcycle motorcycle theme tonight because motorcycles are cool you know i mean you really when you ride a bike you feel free i just I can't explain it i don't like wearing a helmet either i do if i'm going to be you know bouncing between trees in the woods but if i'm on the street or country road or something like that nah i like the wind blowing through my face and my hair and all over the place and just a bicycle motorcycle's is just free you know it's cool anyway go ahead fire up that song and let's see what do we got we got a little uh doobie brothers don't we a little long train run. Okay, hey, don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. Nostalgic radio and cars.
0: tuner and motorcycle racer is special about the only other relationship in the sports arena that compares is that of boxer and trainer bill werner is to scott parker what angelo dundee was to muhammad ali there is definitely a unique camaraderie between parker and werner despite the endless hours on the road and the constant pressure these guys genuinely like each other and consider each other close friends
1: in any kind of interpersonal relationship what you have when you work with a rider is basically a marriage and if you like the person you're married to it makes the marriage a lot easier. Werner has tuned for some of the
0: greats and has developed a keen eye for talent. So the obvious question, how does Parker stack up with the dirt track greats?
1: I think he is one of the greats. Uh, he, he's, uh, his strong point is he's capable of riding a motorcycle like a bullfighter. He's always been capable of that and he's learning how to be a ballet dancer now too. Uh, that's His strong points is that he's versatile and he's analytical and he thinks. Uh, but that also could be his weak point. Uh, sometimes thinking isn't good. You have to react and not think. So his strong point could be his weak point.
0: The next obvious question, and one often asked of tuners, is, how is your star rider to work with?
1: Very easy to work with. He's, uh, he's calm, under pressure. He's cool. He's collected. He's analytical. He, he thinks a lot. He's, uh, he's real easy to work with.
0: To give you an indication of what type of individual Mr. Bill Werner is, all you have to do is ask him how many hours he spends on Parker's bike during the week. The answer speaks volumes on the man behind the wrench.
1: Whatever you have, that's what you do. If you're given 20 hours, you'll work 20 hours. If you're given 60 hours, you'll work 60 hours. However many hours there are, you constantly work on it because whatever you do, you do over twice, double check, you leave no room for error.
0: Tuner extraordinaire, with over 50 dirt track national wins, Bill Werner.
3: Hello, this is the Annoying Jay Leno, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
2: Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's uh, time to introduce our special guest for the evening. And as I mentioned earlier, we have this amazing motorcycle concourse taking place here in a couple weeks. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the chairperson, or chairwoman, for the Riding in the History concourse, Marina Alley. Marina, how are you doing this evening?
5: Hey, Robert. How are you? I'm so glad to be here.
2: I'm glad you're here too. So uh, are you excited? We're what, About a week and oh, a half my away.
5: Gosh. I'm really excited. and boy, your introduction was was awesome. The Bill Warner and uh, Werner uh, take back on on what he's been doing, and you know he's still doing that. He's still tuning the bikes. He has his own race team still doing it. So that's pretty amazing. He's a legend.
2: Well, now both these gentlemen are gonna be at uh, at our at writing in the history this week, or uh, next weekend, right?
5: correct uh bill werner is actually going to be there um thursday and he's coming in coming in thursday and he's going to be there for our grand marshall tour which is a very special private event that we do for entries in the motorcycle concourse they go on a tour a riding motorcycle tour in uh old st augustine and we are going to go by our canines for warriors which is our charity i'll say something about that in a few minutes and then we're going to be in downtown st augustine which, you know, is very uh, appropriate because that is the oldest city in the United States, and we're all about the old motorcycles. Um, and then we'll do the dinner, and he will be he and Scotty will be both at the dinner and the ride, and we're going to have Brian Clark from the Barbara Vintage Motorcycle Museum, and uh, we're, we'll, we'll have a conversation with them, and, you know, that's with a bunch of people. Anybody who wants to come to that, that is open and still uh, available, not sold out and that's at um, the World Golf Village Hall of Fame, Shell Hall on Friday the 18th.
2: Marina, why did you tell us a little bit about how Writing in the History came about? Give us a little background. Okay.
5: Um, the founder of Writing in History, his name is Billy Aldridge, and his wife had breast cancer, and he wanted to um, raise awareness and do something that he also loved, which was motorcycles, um, old motorcycles and restoring them and he went to at that time um the person who was the head of the uh, world golf hall of fame and said hey i want to put on a motorcycle concourse at your venue can we do that and i want all our proceeds to go to charity and at that time it was susan becoming and his wife by the way is survived that's jackie aldridge she's fine everybody's healthy in, in that family but that was where it started 19 years ago and so it continued year after year at the same venue, and it's a beautiful venue for uh, a concour. You know, there's lots of Concours all over the country, cars and motorcycles and all this, but I've had people come to our Concours, and they've always said, it is the most perfect place to have a motorcycle show, or I know they do car, car concours there, too, Corvettes and uh, Mini Coopers and stuff. It's the most perfect place to do one. And so, year after year after year, we've been doing it there. So well, that was the start of it, and it's been ninth. This is our nineteenth year, and we've raised over five hundred thousand dollars for charity. And our charity now is Canines for Warriors.
2: Okay, very good. Now, I will have to tell you this: I've been there, going there on and off for probably oh eight or nine or ten years. And uh, it's a really beautiful setting. I mean, if you want to elaborate a little bit, it's got that nice, uh, it's kind of like a giant circle, but there's a big little, well, I shouldn't say a big, but there's a little lake right there. And it kind of surrounds it. And then you have various classes of motorcycles. So why don't you elaborate a little bit on that and how the classes come about and, 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 and how many in each class? Sure,
5: sure. So every year we do a feature mark. Okay. So then that's, that's the mark that we start the circle with. So this year, our feature mark is competition motorcycles. So the circle is paved. It's a it's a whole circle, about three-quarters of a mile of pavers, and there's trees lining that whole circle. And we stick the motorcycle between the trees. So it's shaded. It's beautiful. It's paved. There's a beautiful lake. There's a fountain. It's shaded. There's a breeze. We're close to the ocean. So you get all that. So every year, we move the classes around. So this year is competition. So that will be the first class if you're in the circle. And then we have, we will have Japanese class. And then we will do, and we'll have all sorts of, and we break them down into, you know, the, you know, if it's antique, although Japanese won't be an antique, but
4: vintage,
5: (laughs) sorry, because, you know, we know the ones that are antique. Right. Uh, Vintage, and, and maybe we'll break it down by the, you know, if it's a two-stroke or four-stroke and then we go to um european bikes and that's broken down into now that is antique and vintage and, and classic and then there is british and that's broken down again by year, and american and then we have another class that's our specials class and in the special classes those are the motorcycles that are you know, been modified. So they are your cafe racers and your, your bobbers. And then they're modified in, in, into, again, the different genres of classes. Again, European, American, British, uh, Japanese. Because everybody changes their bikes when they do those specials. It doesn't matter what genre it is of that bike. They're all changed. And in, in, so then that's the other kind of class. And then, to top it off, we have bicycles old bicycles and they ride around the circle because they I don't know how they do it but they can ride around those on those old bicycles around the circle and and so you've got these old bicycles that you know are well over 100 years old
2: oh you're talking so you have, like high wheelers yes oh yeah wow. it's
5: pretty amazing so yeah that's a, I mean that's a whole totally it's just sort of like you know you get a little bit of everything and, 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 and I've got to say, the one thing I like, and I love going to all motorcycle events, all concours and motorcycles and uh, car shows, but the thing I really think that makes us exceptional is you're going to walk in a circle, you're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss anything. Sometimes when I go to other events, especially because a lot of them are held in golf communities, and this one is also, but we're lucky to have it on the favors. I don't miss anything. I will see everything, and that's that. Sort of makes it really different than other events. You won't miss them. You won't miss anything.
2: Well, you're right because, um, and like you go to some of these events, and generally, like an, an automotive concourse, they group you up, and uh, and you're generally in one area, but they don't generally have the, the the amount of bikes that you have. But you're definitely on cue there because, as you said. When you walk around, it's very scenic, it's very panoramic, and you're walking around in a 360-degree circle, you can't miss a bike. And then the beauty of it is is that everybody's there so proud of their bikes. They're very accessible, very approachable, and you meet some amazing, some amazing, interesting people with amazing, interesting motorcycles. So that's the and other stories. aspect of it. And stories. And stories.
5: Yeah, and stories. It's, it's the stories. That's what makes it. It's, that's why it's riding into history. It's the history. It's the stories behind the motorcycle. It's the stories because a lot of them are like, you know, bikes that they have had in their family or that it was their father's or it's been or they, they knew where it came from. There's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, historic value to all of that and the story and the history. And we want to make sure we don't lose it. Um, and that's why we continue to do what we do. I mean, that's it's, it's, that's what makes it exciting. And then you go around. You go, oh my gosh! I remember that bike. I I used to ride that bike, or I saw that bike. Or you say, oh my gosh! I've never seen that bike. Where did it come from? So it, it's always it's it's always something. You know, it's it's like uh, like, like Christmas, except in May.
2: <laughs> in May. All right. Now tell us a little bit about uh, how did your interest in motorcycles come about? Tell us a little bit about uh, well, Marina Alley.
5: Well, oh, that's sort of funny. Well, I guess I was, I lived in Barcelona, Spain, and I did ride motorcycles, and I got in a really bad motorcycle crash. That was not great. And uh, that was a long time ago. Um, that was back in 1970-something or other. I'm not going to tell you exactly. <laughs> and so, But I, I, I loved motorcycles, and I loved that, but I also loved water sports. And I was a avid sailboat racer. And I've raced all over the world, sailboat races, long-distance sailboat races. Really? And that's something that I, yeah, that, was, that sort of was really my passion. And I did that for years and years and years, lived on a sailboat. My husband and I lived on it together. Our daughter was there. She was born there. We were there for six years on our sailboat together. And, I mean, that was sort of my history. And, and I have a degree in marine transportation, and that is, you know, that sort of wraps it up. But you get married, you have family, you know, you do your thing. And I always liked doing the sports stuff. And so we went back into the motorsport stuff because my husband was a dirt bike racer and and rode motorcycles. And so there we go. He bought a motorcycle for my daughter. And I said, you don't think I know what you're doing? <laughs> yes,
4: I know. <laughs> and there
5: we go. So from there, it moved on. And I always love. My other passion is I love to be part of my community and giving something back. So I got to do both of those with writing and history. You know, I get to do a passion with the motorcycles and the history. But also the most important thing, no not as important as that, is the, um, the, what we give back. We're 100% volunteer run. No one's paid. All our money, 100% of it, goes to a charity. We've given over five hundred thousand dollars to a ch- to charity, um, and our charity I love Canines for Warriors. They provide um, rescue dogs, ninety percent rescue dogs, to PTSD warriors that have come back from Middle East mostly, and it's a they train the dogs ahead of time, and then they have a three week process with they pair the dog and the warrior, and they train together for three weeks. And the, the changes in these these men and women's lives is phenomenal. I can't even tell you. And and the only way you really know it is when you, you, you get to meet one. And we always have someone at our event. This year we have someone who's very close and dear to my heart. His name's Anthony, and he's bringing Judy. And Judy was a dog that we were able to name because we gave enough money to name dogs. We've named six dogs through Canines for Warriors. And, um, and $20,000 each dog. And wow. this is Judy. And Judy is named after Jack Wells' wife, Judy Wells, who passed away two years ago. And because he's been so involved with writing into history for all these years. And so Judy and Anthony are going to be at Riding into History, along with numerous other dogs and other warriors. But it's... It, very close and a very tight, you know, we feel like part of a family. And he's let us feel part of that family. And he's grown and come out of his shell, and he's a happy man, family man, husband, father, and all those things because of Judy, his dog, who's awesome. And, I, I, you know, I'm going to share some more information. I'll do that on my, my Facebook stuff for Writing into History. And I'm happy to pass it over to you. We need to, you know, share it back and forth so all your listeners can see what I'm talking about. It's okay. amazing.
2: Now, what kind of dog is Judy?
5: Oh, okay. That's funny, too. <laughs> so she's, a double, <laughs> she's a double doodle.
2: A and double doodle. You know, a
5: double doodle? What's a double doodle?
2: Yeah, what's a double well, doodle? A double
5: doodle is a Labradoodle twice. So her mother and father were Labradoodles.
2: Labradoodles
5: are a Lab and a Poodle mix.
4: Okay. Her mother
5: was a Lab and a Poodle mix, and her father was a Lab and a Poodle mix. So she's a Double Doodle.
4: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I
5: know. I mean, it's sort of crazy. And she's, oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. She has a mohawk. She's, you know, she's just, all of the dogs are beautiful. It isn't just this one, but that's just one that is personal to me. Um, And we have, you know, I have personal... You know relationships with every one of the warriors that has had a dog named from writing into history. It, it, they're an amazing um, organization. I, I I ask everybody to, to look them up. Canines for Warriors. You know they love us. They're the best charity we've ever worked with.
2: Now, what is the age of these um, these dogs, for example? And, okay, are, and, um, and what other types of dogs are they? I mean, besides Lava Doodle, Doodle, Double Doodles, Triple Doodles. That was just a funny <laughs> one. Yeah, I know. That was
5: really weird. Um, they're all, I, I said, 90% rescue. So oh, really? There's okay. a, a big group in the Carolinas that um, rescue hound dogs. So there you go. There's one. Mm-hmm. There's Boxers. There's Shepherds. There's all, I mean, it, and, you know, there's, of course, mutts. You know whatever the mutt mix is, they, they're not really particular. The dog has to go through the training process and pass okay. before they're, of course, assigned to an to a warrior. Um, and, so they're they're all different kinds.
2: And what age? What? How old are the dogs generally? Are they um, a year they, less than they a year, will, more than a year?
5: They they have to be under two years and under okay. to be assigned once they're trained, because they don't. You know they want to make sure they're they're going to have a longevity with the. With the um, with their warrior, okay, they, want, they they want to keep that going, um, so it's it, and actually our first our first time when we had them involved with us, um, the first year where they were our charity, there was a a, a warrior and he was Justin and his dog was Cody and Justin had a motorcycle with a sidecar and Cody rode in the from Michigan oh, to wow. our event in the sidecar with
2: Justin. Excellent, excellent.
5: Yeah, pretty cool, huh?
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, that's 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 a very noble cause, and it's something that's really, really important. And, you know, dog is man's best friend, so I, I can't think of anything, you know, um, more, you know, compelling than, uh, you know, Doing something like that and then assisting these people and uh, these, these veterans that come back and put their life on the line for us and uh, giving them a dog is that's their their best friend and, and their confidant, so to speak, is, is just such a novel idea. That's great. I'm glad that you guys are doing that.
5: Saving two lives, the warrior
2: and the dog. This is true. This is true. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, event now. Um, on occasion celebrities show up there so name off a few celebrities that might uh, be wandering around over there at uh, at your event
5: the one i wanted and i had a phone call from him the other day but he's not gonna be in town yeah was one of the guys that was plugging your show a few minutes ago
2: oh which was Jay
5: Leno. yes yeah. Yeah. yeah big
2: motorcycle guy
5: the, yeah he and i had a nice conversation we're gonna try working I want him to come see the show. I just want him to see the show. Yes. I don't want him there for any other reason to experience it because it's the best. Um, we've had Dale Waxler. Uh, we have Buzz Cancer from uh, American Iron coming back this year. Dale Waxler, of course, is Wheels Through Time Museum. Uh, Kevin Schwantz, which was Motor GP, um, you know, winner, uh, Mert Lowell uh, from On Any Sunday, Oh wow! Uh, oh, Dennis Gage, yeah, Dennis Gage, yes, Dennis Gage. yes, yeah, yeah, Mr. Pringles and Mr. Pringles? Uh, classic cars. So, um, yeah, we get, we get, we, we, we have our, our celebrities, but you know what we want is we want them to come see the, the, the show that the, you know, you and me or my husband or my friend, they love their motorcycles and they want you to come look at them and that's what it's about. Come look at the motorcycles. You're going to see, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I love that. Some other people are not going to, they're going to walk by it, but they're going to love the other thing, and that is what makes our show. And, you know, it is, and it's an experience, and you you get the motorcycles, you get the charity, you get the, the fun, because there's entertainment, there's, you know, food, there's vendors it's, it's lots of activity but it really comes down to the history of the motorcycles and the love of doing something good for your community.
2: and there you go. Uh speaking of which, um, Dime City is uh yeah, that's yeah. her. Yeah, he's local. I know him. He's a pretty good guy. So yeah, my I guess is Herm. They'll, yep. they'll Herm will be there, right? With uh, the Scotty and yep. Scotty and <laughs> Scotty. Yep,
5: yep, yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Big in the cafe you know racers. They, no, they just got bought. Did you know that by Revival Motorcycle?
2: No, I did not or know Bill that. They're there.
5: Yeah, they did. Um, it's a very happy, amical, ap- uh, amicable, amicable um, you know, relationship really? that happened. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of cool. Um, so you got a big group of motorcycle companies now that are sort of. Coming together, but still being individual in their own stuff that they've been doing.
2: Okay, well that's cool. Now, yeah, it is very cool. What is uh, what is probably the since you take you handle a lot of the registration, you know a lot of the people. You talked about Jack Wells earlier, and I know Jack as well. He's a super nice guy. Probably has one of the most amazing collections of motorcycles, and he has a an unbelievable cross section of motorcycles. You know, like Doc, yeah, for example, he has a lot of Indians, and he's got some funky stuff, but. But Jack has some interesting stuff now. My, my is Jack going to be there?
5: Of course, he's going to be there. Okay, good. Jack just bought another Isetta.
2: Another uh, Isetta. So he... oh. Well, now wait a minute. That's not. That's that's a car with a motorcycle engine. I know that's engine. not a
5: motorcycle. I know it's a car. But he put it in the bed of his truck.
2: <laughs> oh, now wait a minute. Can we the, can we bring an Isetta because it's kind of part motorcycle? Does that count?
5: Not really. Not really. But the he was he was also picking up his um. Abington King Dick, oh,
2: okay. okay,
5: which is an old old bike. I think it's 1915. Yeah, and he just had some work done on it. And then he said, "Well, I bought I, I bought the Isetta, and I had to try to pick up my Vincent because it was being worked on, but I can't fit it in the truck. I'm like, gee, wonder why, Jack." <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, he's always. I mean, Jack is the you know he's the salt of the earth. You ask anything of him, he's got. A collection, he'll say, okay, what do I need to bring this year? It, and, you know, you can go through a collection of his. He's got, you know, competition motorcycles. He's got British motorcycles. He's got German motorcycles. He has, you know, all sorts of it's just an array of motorcycles, not just motorcycles. He has cars because we just talk about the I set up.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: then he has airplanes. Yep. And so, oh my gosh, I mean, it's, it's you know, that's what what you know is so much fun you get to talk and you get to see and you get to look at all this exciting stuff and and they get so excited about it and they want to share it and he is the he's the best sharer of all he shares it all
2: oh yeah no question so, and uh, not only yeah. that he has an array of military vehicles as well I think he's got tanks yes, and half does. tracks and all kinds of stuff so he's yes, got this he
5: does and he has a yeah
2: so where I'm going with this is that, the, just like you mentioned earlier, it's not just the motorcycle; it's the people and the stories and their affiliation and and everything. It's just it's just the whole thing. It's a total package. It's just absolutely amazing and fascinating. And that's the thing about collecting in general, because the people can bring all this history and the background, and uh, it's just it's absolutely incredible. And it's a must attend. When you say
5: it's a must attend, and and you get to and everybody is so happy to speak with you about. What they have there. No one's going to say, oh, well, I don't want to talk to you. Everybody <laughs> wants to talk to you. They want to talk to everybody. We all want to talk to you, you know? Mm-hmm. We all want to, you know, share our stories. That's what it's all about.
2: On an average, how many motorcycles would you say would show up? I mean, what's the, uh, let's say the average? 300. 300, okay. Is there a limit yeah. or is it can be 300 or more than 300? Uh,
5: once we hit 300, uh, it's tight. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean that we we can't go over 300, and we're getting close right now. Um, and so, we, you know, we do get, we, we, you know, it's not like anybody and everybody can come in. There is criteria, um, but, you know, we don't charge our entrants to come in. We want the, and the motorcycles. We want them. They make the show. We do not charge them, which is very different than any other concourse whether it's motorcycle or car. Most car, motorcycle, whatever, Concord, charges the entrance to come. We don't charge the entrance to come.
2: Motorcycle entrance. Super. Marina, we are up against the clock. One more time, why don't you give out the information, and then we'll say goodbye.
5: Okay, thanks, Robert. So, Riding in the History is Saturday, May 19th, at the World Golf Village in St. Augustine, Florida. It's $15 for the entry for spectators, um, it is from 10 to 4, and, oh, my gosh, if you if you can make it, you're going to love it. Don't miss it.
2: Absolutely. And you know what? I shouldn't say we're going to say goodbye because we're just going to say so long for a little bit because I'll see you next weekend anyway. But it's I an amazing, sh- it's amazing show. Thank you very much for coming on. I want to thank my special guest this evening, Marina Alley the chairwoman for the Writing in the History concourse motorcycle event at the World of Golf in St. Augustine next weekend. Marina, you take care. Say hi to everybody, and uh, look forward to seeing you up there. And, uh, again, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that other good stuff. We'll see you at some of the car shows and the bike shows. So, in the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Thank you, Robert. Take
4: care.